This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Fivas, ASHE certified inspector and inspect it like a girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And remember, Fixit 101 re-airs every Saturday at 9, right before the Stalk Gardener. So uh, how are you guys doing this morning? Jeff, well, Pam? I want to mention that Jeff and I walked in the door together today. That we is did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. We walked in together, and Pammy's got on her winter hat and her winter coat and right. her sweatshirt, and Jeff's in short sleeves. That's right. That's well, right. It's going to be 70 today. Jeff <laughs> Jeff works in the truck. Right. So, you know, Jeff doesn't get out of the truck. So. <laughs> well, I'm driving up to Little Rock. You talk about cold now. Ooh, it's going to be it's going to be a little chilled up there. I'm driving yeah. far, I'm driving for the where, end of the day. <laughs> little Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going yeah. to the Little Rock. Yeah. So, what are you guys working on now? What what have y'all been working on, Pam? Well, <clears throat> I got my third shot Friday night, uh-huh. my, my COVID shot. And that son of a gun put me down. Oh, really? Did it really? It did. It put me down. And I got my flu shot and my COVID shot. Oh, you're not supposed to do that in the same day. Oh, well, not according to the pharmacist. That's not a good idea. Yeah, so I got a poke on this arm and a poke on this arm. So when I tried to go to sleep that night, I couldn't, I didn't have everywhere to go. So there's no doings for Pam this week. Well, Saturday I spent on the sofa, watched a little. Football, college cool. football. Of course, it was rainy and nasty. Right. Then I woke up. It was a great football with day. my motor running on Saturday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a beautiful day, and yeah. I got out in the yard. On Sunday. Yeah. Oh, Sunday was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It I, was I, awesome. I rode the motorcycle on Sunday and uh, had a, had a good time. Yeah. Well, right. I wasn't riding now. You guys was, are no fun. Y'all didn't fix anything. Well, I was riding the weeds. I was pulling out the... <laughs> i tell you um, what I did, though. I cleaned my garage out. Did you really? There you go. Yeah. That's a that's a real thing and an actual project. Yeah. I, I wasn't there. But <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, don't even. When I got oh, back, that thing looked then good. Then we spoil it. Then oh, we spoil wow. it. Woo, that's okay. how Jeff cleans his garage out. Well, I got, I got real... <laughs> Down into the weeds this weekend. I, this is funny. I'm so anxious to burn a fire this year. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not been cold enough yet. It's about to be. But well, I don't know. Anything lower than 70, in my opinion, is the time right. to light the fire. But so I've been just tweaking around the house, getting ready for a fire. So, But I went out to the shed, and I found, and we have our fireplace tools. And every year, you know, after, after the season's over, I take it over and put my fireplace tools out in the shed. Well... This year, uh, apparently, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff had been knocked off of them or something. But anyway, they had rusted over completely, like the whole thing, you know. And 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 uh, fireplace tools, the ones that I have, are they're made of steel, but they're 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 painted with a high temp paint. Actually. I thought they were made of iron. Well, or whatever it's made of is heavy. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like a black iron. Yeah. So so, but it is not black iron. Obviously, it's steel that's painted. So what I did was I took it out. I had to uh, I had to get all the rust off of it. So I used steel wool and got all the rust off of it. 
and uh, then went out and got some high temp paint like you would use on a grill mm-hmm. and repainted them. It looked great, except on the handles. I went a little whimsical there and just used some uh, regular uh, Krylon kind of paint and, and, and did all, did four colors there, different colors, just to make it look fun. Awesome. We'll see how that – we'll just have to hear how that works. I just posted a YouTube video on how to build a fire. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Because one match, that's the challenge. A one-match challenge? Okay, A one-match challenge when you light your fire. Okay. It depends on how much gas I have. Anyway. All right. Are we running out of matches? Or right, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just well, a challenge. I just like to one match. Okay. So, you guys, I've been talking the past couple of weeks. I've been bringing up some of these articles that I find. Well, someone sent one in. Jan uh, is a big MPB supporter, and she sent an article from a blog called The Brew. And I wanted to say, I wanted to talk about this article in front of Jeff, because when I was reading it, I was reading Jeff's face in my eyes when I thought about it. Here we go. The home of the future might look a lot like toothpaste. 100, 100 3D printed homes are set to be squeezed out of a nozzle in the Austin area in early 2022, forming the largest 3D printed neighborhood in the U.S. Stop it. The development, a partnership between the home construction and real estate company Linner and a 3D printing company Icon will be the test for the technology. If the neighborhood attracts residents, it could suggest that 3D printing is a viable solution to the home construction industry's labor shortage and supply chains issue. How Goop becomes a home? Icon's 15-and-a-half-foot-tall printer squeeze out layers of concrete like soft-serve ice cream. In a week's time, they can print the exterior and interior walls of a one-story, 2,000-square-foot home. In a week. Don't expect a big discount for buyers, though. According to Leonard, the 3D-printed homes will be priced similarly to other homes in the Austin area. In Austin, I was going to ask, where is this in this Austin? This is in Austin, which is one of those markets that is ridiculously high on yeah. on its home prices. You know, I can frame it in less than a week. Right, right. So, so, so the whole the whole thing is though is that is that uh, the fact that they've I can't imagine a fifteen and a half foot printer for concrete. Well, here's the part that bothers me about this, and I and I've, I've, I've witnessed this on TV. Where, where's where's your electrical? Where's your plumbing? You know, it's a good question. I was thinking, would you need the all the stuff that goes in the wall? That's right. <clears throat> would you need then a a say faux or false uh, interior wall to carry all the power, the plumbing, the, the you know whatever you need? And what's to your carry? R value on that? Well, I, that was my next question. What do you mean by that? What's that mean? R value? Well. A typical construction, insulation. you've got insulation in the walls. Oh, if you're just okay. printing yeah. the the wall, what's the R value of that substance that they're using? You know, and what's interesting about this is I thought about it when we use the way that we use, say, cinder blocks or concrete blocks. Right. It's different than this. If, if, it is, if it is poured into a block at the place, that's a different consistency than how we would make a concrete wall block now. You know? Well, and then I keep thinking about Dorothy out in Kansas. You you print one of these, how heavy are they? I hope you don't have a flood or a tornado because you're going to be flying to, to the land well, of no, This is printed concrete. It's not going anywhere. It's a bunker. 
You know, I mean, if you think about it. Well, right. And then you, your slab is still, I'm assuming. Concrete. Do you print your slab? That, that, we're, that we're pouring a slab. That's a good, um, that's a good are point. Are we bringing our plumbing up through the slab? I don't know. That yeah. it, that would be a field trip for um, fix it and finish it to fly out there. That's it. Fix it 101 uh, going to Austin to watch, uh, yeah. watch them go. squeeze out some I'll houses. Sign, sign yeah. me up. I'd love right. to see it. I think that's right. a good idea. Yeah. Hey, Jesse's on the line of Mobile and has a variety of comments. This is going to be interesting. What's going on, Jesse? Hey, first up, a ceiling fan from the original construction. So it's 13 years old. It makes a clanking noise when you turn it on. Is that a DIY or who do you Higher to replace and second my dad was a brick mason so 3d printing is concrete often gets cold and hot so your thermodynamics of a concrete wall pretty good that's a that's a good point so so you would say uh so you'd say the r value you might be pretty good if it's say printed a foot across yeah, yeah. think of adobe but coming out of a giant squeezing Toothpaste that moves along. <laughs> it is kind of funny. To I'm think never going to brush my teeth the same. After right. This. Well, okay. Be- the ceiling fan. Did you say this is a 13 year old ceiling fan? Yeah, it came with the house. Yeah, pull that one out of the ceiling and put up a new one. If it's making noise, uh, that ceiling fan is is it's it's an older ceiling fan. They don't last forever. They sit up there and get dusty for all of the time that they're there. Even the parts that you can dust, like the 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 blades and the outside housing, uh, you know, there's still a ton. It's 13 years worth of dirt in there. Um, uh, you can go after it and toothbrush clean this thing, but it's probably better off just replacing it. And putting up a fan uh, with the correct equipment can be a DIY thing if you understand how basic electricity works, which is, you know, positive, negative, and and and. And a ground. Don't test these wires. Yeah, don't tell. Well, turn the power off before you do anything. Yeah, Yeah. you got to. Your black is usually your hot wire. Your white is your neutral. Mm -hmm. Your gold is your ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a pretty. Don't you guys talk about a. uh, How do you rate a project? Oh, the hammer scale? What's the hammer scale? You know what? Hammer on that would be. you know the thing is, is it? It's not. It's, it's not, not hard. A, it's no. not a hard project. It is a little work because you're working over your head portion of the time. Well, that, and, yeah. and and you're on a ladder. And you're on a ladder. Yeah. So, you, so need, you really need if if you don't do it every day, you you need two people. You need right. two people. I tried. I've done them by myself before, and mm-hmm. it gets a little awkward with that. I think, I that think fan. I've done a hundred of those myself, Jesse. Uh, ceiling fans. I think everywhere I go, and everybody I know wants me to install a ceiling fan. But they're not difficult, and if there's already been a ceiling fan there, it's already ready to take yeah. one as far you as the weight. You going to Mobile anytime soon? Jesse might hire you to no, put I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jesse, I really think you should uh, uh, replace that one, and you can get one all over the spectrum as far as cost. Well, they're yeah, they're just they're okay. not expensive anymore. No. Get something funky and fun. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Check your email. Sent you a video for that concrete printing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see it. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jesse. You too. All right. Real quick, uh, let's go to another. Oh, I've got a follow-up. Somebody sent a follow-up to uh, one of the things when we talked about fireplaces a while back. I may have missed part of what you all said uh, about a firewood in a truck. 
we were talking about how much firewood is in a truck. I, I we had explained a load. You you received a load of wood, which is a full back end of, of truck. I had explain. Uh, we we talked about a row, which is literally just a row of wood on yeah, the back. Yeah, cord, a yeah. face cord. Well, and we talked about a cord, and he said uh, this. This uh, Marlin said a cord of wood is defined as a hundred and twenty eight cubic feet. That is a cord. Many folks advocate a cord of wood in the back of a truck. A full cord of wood will set most pickup trucks on the frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of wood. Uh, Marlon Mullins. So anyway, so when you think of that, uh, think of the back of a truck is not big enough to hold a cord of wood. So when someone's selling you something and they say it's a quarter and it fits in the back of a truck, it's not. It's not. So, no. Unless it's a big truck. You could just whip out your uh, tape measure and say, let's say that's 128 square feet. Let me know. You know, if you're, if you're burning for what we burn wood for. Pretty? Yeah, yeah. You, you won't burn. You will not burn a cord of oh, wood. Oh heavens no! In, in, a, no. in Mississippi, in the in in, the, in but, our season's but, not long but, enough but for a cord. A, a cord is real easy. It's four foot high, four foot wide, and eight foot long. Eight foot long, yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a cord. Of wood. Well, I, you can see that a lot of times if you drive through um, outskirts of town or in the country, you'll see somebody has got two trees about eight foot apart, and they've put their right. their cords stacked up on those two trees. Now, when I say four foot wide. It's two stacks of two foot. Right. Or so, 18. I get mine at 16 yeah. to 18 because I'm in a wood that's, burning stove. Yeah, now, right. in all fairness, I'm a pyromaniac, so I have, you know, I'll go through a cord easy at my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for the break. But I've got the fire pit in the backyard. Right. I've got my new little True. smokeless fire True. pit. No such and I've thing. got my wood burning stove. And so we just literally, I think Jade should have this up this week. Talk about how to build a proper fire. Okay. And how to stack your wood and how to get it started and right. make sure you don't have backdraft and your house doesn't smell like ash. That's it. Thank you for the H. All right. It's uh, time for uh, <laughs> time for a break here. Time for us to take our first regular hour. We want to hear from you. Do you have a project you want to finish before the first guest of the holiday season arrives? Let us help. Also, why is there a user manual for everything but a new house? We have a few things every new homeowner should know to share when we return. Actually, there is one. If you have any questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on, give us a call at 877-MPB. Ring. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We were all just crowded around a computer watching a 3D printed house happen. <laughs> that was crazy. It's pretty amazing. 
I, you know what? We're not the only ones that went to Google when we talked about this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people. A lot of people probably did. I wonder if you could build a 3D chimney. Oh, I can't see why not. I mean, that seems what the like fire a rating is on that stuff. perfect application for mm-hmm. that, I would think. Okay, uh, TJ's on the line in Kosciuszko and uh, has a question about solar water heaters. Am I right? No, solar heaters. Solar heaters. Okay, so uh, ask me what you're – what are you thinking? Well, I've been dabbling with them for about five years, and last year I built another one, and I think I finally perfected it. You know how your car gets hot yeah. on a cold day? Mm-hmm. Same principle. So I built a I built a heater uh, out of hardy board, one by six hardy board, and I put uh, soffit hardy as a backer board on it, and then painted it uh, black with high heat paint. Uh-huh. And I took steel or metal screen and folded it like an accordion mm-hmm. to get a lot of surface area in it. Right. And I got a little solar panel that sits on top of it and a little muffin fan that huffs heat in the house. And that thing really puts some heat out. When the sun it can be thirty degrees and the sun's out and it just sits there and huffs. You know, I, I, I had a friend who built something like this one time and believe it or not, he used old Coke cans that he yeah. painted black. Huh. Uh, yep. uh because it's a, a ton of surface area. You know, uh, and there's right. it, so so anyway, I, I, I thought it was a little bit, you know, off center at the moment. But but there are some you can use this heat. A lot of people use this heat. So. Yeah, it, it, it's free heat. And uh, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I put my thermal uh, thermometer on it and that thing, you know, on a 30-degree day when the sun's out in Mississippi, that thing can get up to like 85, 90 degrees. Wow. wow. Fantastic. How many rooms? How many what? How many rooms are you heating? It's just doing one right now, right? Yeah, I'm just doing one right now. It's my breakfast room. Oh, okay. But it just sits there and just I put a little thermostat in it from a <laughs> attic, attic fan yeah. uh, or, or an attic vent. 85-degree thermostat, and when it gets up to 85 in that box, it kicks on and runs on a little solar panel. It just sits there and just huffs away. Man. That's awesome. Man. TJ, you've you've come across something. That yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> Send us a photo. It, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun project, and it's not expensive. It's got Lexan cover on it, you know, on the front, over it, and trimmed with uh, extruded aluminum. And it's it's an attractive looking thing. It ain't ugly, right? Sounds like something you do for a science project in That's high right. school. That does sound cool, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, TJ. We really appreciate it. Uh, got an email here that that uh, interesting. Can cracks in a marble shower or tub be repaired? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure they mean cultural, cultured marble. Yeah, build, we yeah. call it a builder uh, it's grade cracked marble. From the, yeah, it's cracked from the soap dish down to the tub and uh, also one other spot near the tub. I think the obvious answer is that uh, to fix it forever yeah. is to replace it. Yeah. The, but, the, but you can. I did look this up. You can go and buy a filler that you would put into that crack. Now, it'll never be fixed again. It'll never be right again. But you can fill this crack if you don't currently have the money to redo. You can fill the crack. They make this. I would say it is a uh, 
temporary. I don't mean weeks. I mean months, but temporary uh, fix. Right. Yeah, because yeah. What, what, what happens to that cultured marble? Uh-huh. It's not fiberglass. Right. So <clears throat> you... Um, it gets brittle. It gets brittle over time. Uh-huh. So when you fix this crack, it's just moving. It's, right. It's it's going to move on. It's going to move so. down there. Okay. Okay. And, um, so this uh, this piece would need to be replaced completely, but for a quick fix, maybe to get you through uh, Christmas, that sort of thing. Sure. You could use some of the stuff, and yes, you can buy a cultured marble um, repair kit. I've seen it. I saw it online just yesterday when I was looking at this. Well, and so. what you may want to think about doing, too, is um, go ahead and get somebody over there to price out what it would cost to get it fixed. And then you just start, you know, I'm doing something very similar. Mm-hmm. I know I've got some issues going on at my house right now. Mm-hmm. And I've hired my inspector. It's time. It's about, I think, three and a half years since she inspected it for me before. And she'll come up with a list of things, and I'll... You know, the things I haven't addressed, I will mm-hmm. address. So it's a good time, really, to have that kind of thing done. Let me say this. I just Before we move on, I have to say, how would you like to be the inspector to come and do Pam's house? <laughs> to do the inspector's house? The lady that owns the company. I'd, I'd be scared to death. I'd be like, no, I am not. You will be scared, but she would expect you to put some things down. That's you know, true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm not going to be scared of anything. Yeah, she that, wants you to point. She wants you to point the I things out. I want to know it. There Matter of fact, I, you know, I've done this. I mean, I've done it for a while now. I just, I just think it's a good idea. And I told the inspector this morning. I said, you know, I live in it. I'm not going to see everything. What if you have to go work on her house? Yeah, then no. there now there's a problem. <laughs> no, because I'm going to stand over your shoulder and go, "What are you doing now? Right? Right? What's that for?" All right, let's keep going. Diane's on the line in Jackson, and she's got, oh, no, Diane, a crumbling chimney. Scary, scary. What's going on, Diane? Well, okay, so the foundation to the house has been fixed. It is on a capitulous foundation. It's a 100-year-old house, and we have a, basically at the base of the chimney, the foundation of the chimney, it is crumbling. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to figure out what to do about this and how to fix it. And we've been told by three separate contractors that what we have is a false chimney. Um, but we have a fireplace in the house, you know, it's a gas, it's been converted to gas logs, it has a flue, and so I don't understand what they are talking about when they say false chimney, and of course, we're going up against the historical association, we can't just pull the chimney down. Right. So, where do we start, I guess? Thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, um, I think what your contractors are telling you is you probably have a ventless fireplace. Which means exactly what it sounds like. It does not have to be vented. Um, if that's the case, leave your chimney where it is. I'm a little confused of what is crumbling at the base. Is it the bricks that you see? Is it rot? It's the bricks. The bricks okay. Are- I understand. Yeah. 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 You know, everything has a shelf life. And if you're... If your home is a hundred years old, <laughs> those 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 bricks have probably lived their shelf life. Well, and each um, one of those bottom bricks bears the weight of everyone above it. So, and now let's just say that we had to tear that down and rebuild that chimney. Um, we could probably build it for, and I'm guessing five thousand dollars ish. Brickwork. So yeah, so you know it's it's not like oh my god I've got to re you know I got to refinance my house so 
I would I okay. would I would get some contractors out there, some brick masons or somebody or and just say, Hey guys, what can be done with this? Is there any way to hold are, back are the... you in Jackson? I am. Okay. So okay. I guess my question is is would would they have built a ventless fireplace a hundred years ago? No, no, no. It it you said it had a flu. What I think they did was convert your fireplace and put ventless logs in it. Okay. You know, another thing that might be going on here, <clears throat> and you said when you said historical preservation, I'm going to guess you're over in the Bellhaven area because yeah. you can't do anything without right. the preservation police watching right. you. <laughs> um, what you may be dealing with is that you've got a fireplace that doesn't have a, uh, a lined flue. It's probably just mortar going up through it. Huh. Um, and in that case, that really can destabilize that chimney just a little bit because you don't have the stabilization of that metal going down through the middle. Um, so that maybe that's what they're talking about on that. Um, but, yeah, I'm with Jeff. I think you're at a place now where you're going to have to kind of dive into, and, and you know if, you've, if you're in that area, you're going to have to rebuild it according to the specifications. It's going to have to look exactly the same. Yeah. You know, you can't take it down and come up with something else. It's right. going to have to look exactly the same. But, I mean, we can, we, can, we can buy old brick. We, we can make it look the same. Right. Yeah. And then come so, in with a show enough. Because now I think the codes it, are you have to have a lined flue. Oh, of course. You have to have now, a lined Now, unless we're going to build a chimney just for looks. Right. Just for and, the, yes. And, and keep the ventless. And keep a ventless yeah. log in there. So, Do you like you ha- the performance of your fireplace, Diane? I mean, we haven't really used it, um, so I mean, it's just kind of been there. <laughs> yeah, if it's so, if it's ventless, so that not, you know that yeah. chimney, the chimney has no use aside from its aesthetics. Right. Well, and you know, I've seen in those uh, houses over in Bellhaven, they'll have a chimney box, and then they will have put a metal pole. <laughs> And it almost looks like coming through the top like a plumbing penetration. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what you're dealing with is yeah. that it's it, – and that's the reason they're saying there's no uh, chimney flue. Right. It could just be that pole. And if that's the case, then it is a vented gas log. I would really recommend that you get a plumber take a look at it to make sure that we're dealing with vented. You, you just cannot confuse vented and ventless. Because if you put, if it's if it's vented and you come in and close it up, you're going to go sleep one night and not wake right. up the next morning. I mean, that's just so, so, so dangerous. So identify what said, you've got. Nobody has said anything about ventless or vented. They've just said it's a false chimney. And so that's, that's where I'm scratching my head. I'm yeah. guessing... Right. What it is, I bet you what it is, is it if you go in there and look in the top of that firebox, you may see a pole like object and it's going to be rusted and it's sticking out of the top and there's no damper and it's concreted in. And the fixture that was put in there was a vented gas um, insert of some sort. sort. (laughs) I see a ton of them over in Bellhaven. I bet you that's what they're talking about. Could be. All right, Diane. Uh, well, I hope that helps a lot, and I uh, hope you uh, – you know what? Uh, break Mason. That may be next. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be more than happy to come look at it. So, All right. Thanks a lot, Diane. We appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. It's time for another break. When we come back, we're going to continue your home improvement questions. So stay tuned. Phone lines are open. Join us with your questions and comments. Just tell us what project you're working on. 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. Benny's on the line and we might have an emergency situation in Kosciuszko. What's up, Benny? Hi, good morning. Good morning. I have a uh, the bed the bedroom next to the to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. The baseboards are uh, look like they've been soaked row, row. from mm-hmm. where the shower is. Yep. And um, so over the years, <laughs> so it's been going on for a while. Uh, we've like caulked mm-hmm. that that corner. And recently, I bought that spray rubber stuff yep. Yep. for that edge, and so I was feeling kind of good. But I was outside cleaning uh, and noticed that we had a air conditioner unit installed, and mm-hmm. the drain, which comes out of the attic, came down and stopped right at the bottom of the house and where it drained was right there at the corner of where that bedroom is Hmm. and I was wondering maybe that was what was causing it and not the bathroom water on you know on the other side of the wall well unfortunately uh Benny you have done a wonderful job of masking this problem up to this point. Uh, well, let, let's let's talk about the air conditioner first. Uh, that's okay. the easy one. It's water should not be coming out of that pipe. That's a emergency overflow to let you know there's something wrong. Unless she's in the country. Because in the country, they get away with discharging the condensate outside. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm yeah, where, where I don't, is the country? I don't. I don't think so. I, I think it's emergency overflow. Um, and uh, but doesn't it's, sound like enough water though to well, make. Well, the, is it wet in the winter? Mm, now I just happened to be outside and noticed that you know. And what happened was, and the reason I bring that up is because I had my brother. He put an extension on it so it doesn't drop straight down. It kind of comes out now. The the mm-hmm. condensation. See, I so, still think it that's had, it. Had been happening all this time until I, you know, <clears throat> had that change. I think that's a diversion. I think your bathroom's your issue. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So go go to your go to your inside unit and see if there's water in the pan. If there's water in the pan, there's something wrong with that. Separate issue. Okay, I think that's up in the attic. Yeah, 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 you yes, can go ma'am. there and yeah, see. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, just shine your flashlight in there. 
Okay. Uh, if there's water in the pan, then then you you have an issue with that. I think your bathroom issue is a leaky shower pan. How, is it a, how old is, it is a the ti- home? Is it a tile shower, Benny, or is it yes. just? It is. Yeah, it's a, yeah. the pan. I'm leaking. sure it's leaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. There used to be a tub there, and we had the took, tub removed and dropped it for yep. a handicap shower. Yep. And chances are they did not do the waterproofing correctly, unfortunately. Um, it happens. It does. We see it every all day. All the time. Yeah. But so. stop stop painting the uh, baseboard on the other side. Because all you're doing is yeah. trapping that water in the yeah. wall. It's, right. Yeah. Now, if you want to if you want to test my theory, there's there's two ways to do this. Um, clog the drain in the shower with whatever you have. You know, okay. m- make sure there's no water going through that drain. Fill the pan up with water. Is it a zero entry or is there a step getting into it? It's a, a small step to get into it. Okay, good. Going in. Yeah, that's a little fill, real low curve. Fill it, fill it up with water. Make sure there's no water going in the drain. Look at it, you know, the next the next day, and if the water has leaked out, well, that means there's a there's a leakage in the pan. Let me ask you this, too, because I had a similar issue. Your curb, when you said that, that it's handicap accessible, the curb, is it close to that corner? Um, yes. Okay. Step in the shower. It's the whole, well, I want to say the whole shower. Um, so when you step, yeah, it's, step in, it's five foot long. Wall, the back wall of the of the shower, which has windows. That's right. But the back wall of the shower in the on that um, corner, on the other side in the bedroom, that corner. Yeah. You know, it's like it's what the it. This last time it was so bad that there is actually a hole that is that is rotted out in the uh, baseboard. It's a, it's a it's a three by five shower because you took a tub out. Three foot right. wide, five foot long. Mm-hmm. Pull your baseboard on the bedroom side. Cut some sheetrock out right there, and and you'll be able to look under that shower. Yeah, because I had a situation whenever I had a handicap shower put in my house as well. I did the very same thing. Pulled the tub out, mm-hmm. put in a handicap shower. I was planning for a stay-in-place situation. Right. You know, they carry me out in a pine box out of this house. <laughs> um, but it was the curb. The um, the curb was actually it was a siphoning action coming in. It was pulling the water over that curb. Oh wow! Into the adjoining wall, and so I ended up having the contractor come back, and he, we just put a curb in. I thought I'm not that old yet, so right. But it it was a siphoning action on the curb that was the handicap entry into the shower. Interesting. All okay. right. Well, Benny, I hope this so helps. Get a contractor to yes. Well, do, or, do or, Jeff's test. Or, yeah, do do the test I just told you, or pull the baseboard from the bedroom side and cut some sheetrock. You, you'll see if it's leaking. Yeah, it'll be rotten up in there if it's yeah. leaking. Just shine a light in there. You can see under the pan. And you'll smell it too when you cut that sheetrock out. <laughs> well, and if you feel out of your if you feel out of your league on that, uh, Benny, uh, this is something any handy person can do easily. Okay. Yeah. I will have that done. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. 
Uh, all right. So number of calls, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. All right. Real quick, uh, in Memphis, and listen to your show, I have a buckling parquet floor. This hurts my heart to hear about a parquet floor buckling. Ugh. They're so nice. Explain what a parquet floor is so folks will know. Uh, this is where, if, if you've seen it, uh, the, the wood is, instead of uh, long wood planks, these are almost like uh, they're checked patterned pieces of wood. Uh, in smaller. squares. Yeah, in squares. They, it, it's, it's, it's an art form. It's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. form of wood flooring. Anyway. Um, do they do parquet floors now? You know, we have not done a parquet floor in yeah in years. It's I like super vintage. Remember. Oh yeah. yeah, it's very and, vintage. And if you can find them, they are expensive. Yeah. Well, that's why I was yeah. that's why I was hurting when I said when it says I've got a buckling parquet floor. Yeah, uh, it's been a problem for a couple of years, and it's getting worse. I haven't heard a possible I haven't heard a possible critter cause addressed by you and all of the possible reasons discussed in the past. The den area only. Dog scratches mightily at one spot on the rug. <laughs> this is the same rescue dog who lived outside for her first two years, who knows hours before a storm arrives. I think he might be hearing, feeling, or sensing critters under our slab floor. Under the slab? Right. Well, it appears to be caused by moisture coming confused. up through the slab. I don't think it's a foundation problem. There is no noticeable moisture under the parquet tiles. When they pop up, Yikes, they shouldn't be popping up. When they pop up, they are pulling at a thin layer of concrete slab with them, so it doesn't appear to be an adhesive problem. There are two sections that are coming up. One's about 18 by 24, and another's about 24 by 36. Uh, They're in high-traffic areas. We have an infestation of moles and other critters for years. Could they have penetrated the waterproofing that should be underneath the slab, allowing moisture to work its way up through the slab? If it's critter calls, how can homeowner insurance help pay the cost of repair? Thank you, Howard. We, we're gonna we're gonna pull back on a couple assumptions here. Um, <laughs> it's not a critter. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let the person who works with insurance most often and the home inspector weigh in. Y'all go ahead. It's uh, this this is my opinion. You you have a slab leak, um, and in most cases, it will be covered under your homeowner's insurance policy. Uh, because you have damage to coverage A, which is above slab. Right. Your floor. Your floor. Right. Yeah, and the dog so. is basically finding. They can hear that uh, probably or it's pressurized. Or smell it. Yeah. Smell so, it yeah. somehow. So, yeah. So. And the best way to check on that is to go out to your meter, uh, pull away everything, take a picture mm-hmm. of that meter gauge. Walk, walk away, away for five, ten minutes, come back. Come back, take another picture, and if it's moved, and you just you make sure leak. all the water's off inside, mm-hmm. you know, and then come back, and if it's moved, then you've got a slap. Yeah, yep. and two, most meters have a leak detector on it, and um, you can see as long as all your water's cut off. Mm-hmm. And you know, cut off at, at any source. But, and I, and I will say, if this is a slab, as he mentioned several times, it's a slab. Uh, there's uh, there's a, not a lot going on under your slab, uh, and that's pretty much for anybody. There's well, the dirt work that would have been done, you know. In other words, there's not a lot of places outside of your plumbing for a slab to really no, goof. No, you know? it's it's in my opinion. Looking at it from the radio, it is is either sewer leak 
or um, um, water. So right. Yeah, call okay. a plumber. Let them and do it, a and yeah, and pressure it, it, test it on should, it. It should be covered on your insurance. Right, right. Uh, dog or no dog, you should get insurance. But yeah. hey, so, I yeah. want to hire that dog. That's right. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if he knows how to find stuff. Yeah, really. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Bob's on the line in Memphis, and he wants to talk about a chimney. What's going on, Bob? Hey, hello. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I have an old house in Midtown Memphis. It's a duplex. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been renovating. The, the one side is still vacant. But uh, the chimney, they say, is crumbling. They couldn't put a, the top or whatever you call on the chimney, the uh-huh. chimney top, because they said the concrete around it that supports it is crumbling. Right. This is what I want to know. These are, these are old fireplaces. I think they were used for coal. So what I was going to do, I was going to just brick it up, completely covered at the top, and brick brick it down at the bottom. You know, tenants, even though you tell them not to make a fire, you know, yeah, you know, burn the whole place down. So, but then I've been told that you should never uh, close off an old chimney like that for several reasons. So I don't I don't know what the the issue is. All right. All right. Um, thoughts, guys? Well, if you're going to plug that chimney up, you you, you have to uh, also plug the firebox. Yeah. Because someone is going to make a fire. Right. Well, so, he was mentioning to, to, to plug that hole down there also, okay. brick that portion up. Yeah. But he was asking, uh, he's been told that oh. you shouldn't close the top and the bottom. And, and I, don't, I don't have an issue I with that. I don't have a problem with that. Uh-uh. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No, I would. They told me something about water or something. It would be a problem or something. But if it's completely plugged at the top and completely plugged at the bottom, yeah. Now you know, build a cricket on the top. Don't don't just concrete over and think that's going to hold the water out. Put put some sort of copper cricket on top of it. So 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 you pull the you 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 take the water out of play. I I I know what they're saying. What do you mean by cricket, Jeff? Real quick for Uh, those. uh, A teepee. Put put a put a teepee. A metal teepee. Yeah yeah yeah. A metal teepee on top of the fireplace. That way you've taken out of play any kind of water that can get in there. And what what I think they're trying to tell you. You seal off the top, you seal off the bottom, and then water seeps in there over time. It'll condensate in there. Uh, yeah. 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 And I tell you, now that I'm thinking about it, I had an issue with a client over in Bellhaven who had that problem <clears throat> mm-hmm. where they they sealed it off at the top, sealed it off at the bottom, and then she ended up, she started having a mildew odor uh-huh. in the house because the physics of it, it was a negative draw, and it was pulling that mildewy odor out of the chimney. Mm. And so she ended up coming in with a vent fan up at the top. So, you know, I'm thinking on cost effective, why not just put a cap on it uh-huh. and then seal it up from the inside so that it still vents out the top? Well, you oh, could. You that's could do an that. idea. It would be a lot Bob. cheaper than sure. trying to, right. to seal that off. And so then you've got a way for that air to kind of dry out. Right. But trapping okay. it in there, I have seen where that can be a problem. That sounds like a great okay. idea, Bob. Okay, so cap. I think the I think the concrete. I haven't been up there. You know, I'm I'm at the age. I'm not driving, getting on the roof. Right. But uh, uh, they. I think they said the concrete around where you put the cap on is messed up. So I need to call like a. Well, who would I call to fix that? A, a brick mason, a handy person. Right. But yeah, what's happening is that 
The South is beginning to experience freezing temperatures. This is common up north. Right. But if you come in and you add water, like we had this last year, rain, 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 and then it froze. Right. And then it thawed, and then it froze. Yeah. And then it thawed and it froze. Plays heck on concrete. And it just, it's, it's like our roads. It just yeah. tears it up. So you may want to investigate, anybody who's dealing with this, you may want to investigate constructing this thing to deal with freezing temperatures because it seems like this is going to be something we're in store for. All right. Thanks, Bob. I hope that helps out. we got to keep moving, but we're going to stay in the same town. Memphis is, is alive this morning. Wilma's on the line. What's going on, Wilma? Hi. I have a weird shower question. Yesterday morning, I found a live earthworm on the floor of my shower. A live earthworm a live on the floor? Earthworm. Uh, yes. It, it, it scared the daylights out of me because I envisioned it coming up through the drain, meaning that the pipe that is the drain is just going into the earth. Right. Um, well, hang on just a second. I do want to say... Uh, Memphis has got a connection issue this morning, <laughs> but we're, we're going to go ahead and answer the question anyway. So she woke up to a worm in the middle of her tub. Um, thoughts, guys? Sewer. There's just something there's going a break, on. The, there's a break in break the line, in the line. somewhere. Where anything that's coming up through your drain is finding a way to get in there. That's right. Right. And no, it, the, the pipe doesn't go straight hey, down do into you, dirt. Do you just, have a, is your home older? She, she have an older home? This is a building that's about 15 years old, and it's a, a slab, and you know, it's sitting there on the concrete. 15 well, years? You know, and it came up through the drain. It's inside the know. tub. I don't know. I'd have to climb up in the tub otherwise. <laughs> you know what, Will? I have a suggestion. Go outside and see if you can find your sewer clean clean outs. These it should be about a four inch. It's a four inch pipe that sticks up out of the ground. Yeah, and it should have a cap on it. And I cannot tell you how many times I will be. I'll do an inspection, and the lawn service has just whacked that thing right off. Our yeah, cook that's that's a good point. Knocked a hole in it, sure, sure. or yeah, or it'll be subgrade, and the cap has worked its way off, and that's yep. how the worm's getting in. Yeah, but other things can get in there too, so I would go check that. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Wilma. I hope that helps out. Let's uh, let's keep moving. Al's on the line in Vicksburg, and he's got a construction question. Al's, what's up? Al, what's up? Okay, um, I have an older home, and I'm renovating our master bathroom, mm-hmm. and it's it's six foot across, and from the right to the left, it's an inch and a quarter out of level. Of course right. it is. Yeah. There's no such thing <laughs> as square, man. There's nothing square in Mississippi. <laughs> that The house was built like that. Yeah. If you stand in the door going into the shower to the opposite wall, it's about a two and a quarter inch drop. Wow. Which is about 18 feet. Yeah, don't get rid of that door, by the way. <laughs> You're not going to find another one like it, I promise. Like it, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but but my problem is I want, and it's a built-in cabinet with two sinks. I want to take that out. How do I level that to make the vanities look right? What kind of flooring is it? Is this a conventional or a slab foundation? It's conventional. Well, it's upstairs. Yeah. Upstairs. Oh, this is upstairs. I would just right. shim it underneath yeah. there and trim yeah, it sure. out. Sure. 
Yeah, that's that's a pretty yeah, if on the slab fix. you can float it, but if it's on wood you can shim it. Just shim it up, yeah. I Just would shim, shim it, it on slab on personally. <clears throat> Okay, and then just cut cut the baseboard to fit. Yeah. Yeah. Raise it up. Mm-hmm. Just don't play golf in there. Or right. them. You know, right. I mean, I always tell people, you don't, if you're going to be putting in the house, you're going to have issues. Put right. The, put the well, hole downhill. Right. Once in a while, and I always know where to go find them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. We appreciate it. Oh, wow. Um, I got a quick email here that I think is just a great opportunity for us to show somebody a product that would do better for them. You ready for this? Uh, It's been my dream to replace the two window AC units in my 940-square-foot home with a central unit that I can use year-round. What kind of unit would work and what size is right for such a small house? No. Does anyone ever (laughs) DIY a project like this? Don't put a central unit in there. Well, and my first thought was a mini split here yes. because of the 940 it's square ni- foot. It's only, yeah, it's only 900 A mini feet. split. Yeah, all and, day long. And 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 if you don't know what that is, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's ductless, hard to describe. It's a ductless um, central unit. Yeah, you know, it's like a it's like a big really awesome window unit only right. efficient yeah and, you know. they're real efficient and then, you know i've seen these things now where they're putting in in residential these hotel type mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. units yes, where the, it just goes in the wall yep and it's got a, a an opening on the outside yep, big giant wall I'm unit not, i've not seen a new one have you seen a new one jeff um no we're doing one in madison yeah. actually and it, it the unit has not been set, but right. we are putting a mini split in Madison. If you go to if you go to uh, a, a big home store, they can show you what a mini split looks like. And if you go to the person who's been able to grow a beard, he'll be able to he or she will be able to tell you I what this thing looks like. Beard. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the 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 thought being is that is that if you look at one of these now you can get an AC contractor to put one in. I don't know that this would be a DIY. No, because uh, you got to charge it and yeah. get it set it's, up. It's a mess. And, yeah. yeah. But, but it is a, tried but, to do it himself and it's couldn't a, do it. It's a, a great yeah, option. He knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. It's a great option, especially for that square footage. It's going to be really efficient, and it's going to take care of that whole house easily. All right, folks, that's it. We're, we're done with it. So uh, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It's funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pivas, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Wednesday's nine or 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.